Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. How are you this morning? Our God is limitless, amen? Yes, and that is our series. Welcome to Ray of Hope. We are so glad you're here. However, you're streaming. Thank you so much. If you want to open up your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. It is the Apostle Paul that we turn to as he's writing to the church in Ephesus. Now we jump to chapter 3. We'll be in chapter 1 most of the day. But here he helps us understand that there's a greater work inside of us. Amen. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we all ask. Or thank, according to the power that works within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Forever and ever is a long time, isn't it? Isn't it good to know that we serve a God who's going to be here forever and ever and ever? Amen. One day we'll get to reign with him if we've uh, taken his name right through salvation. Let's bow our hearts. Father, thank you for your grace, your mercy, your goodness. Be with us today, we pray, enlighten our hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, everyone says, amen. Amen. Go ahead and sit down, wave high at your neighbor, let them know you're glad that they are here. Thank you. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Yeah, I see some people waving across the sanctuary. What's up? I leaned over to Miss Carrie and I said, I feel like I should have a hood on coming up there and getting ready to go to the boxing match. So what we're talking about is very, very fun to talk about. It's about understanding that God has dreams for us, amen? Now, God doesn't dream about you because he never sleeps nor slumbers. But there is such a thing of understanding that God births dreams within our hearts, and then many times we have dreams that are birthed within our hearts, and we're thinking, well, where did that come from? Well, it says all good things come from God. So if it's a good dream, it comes from God, amen? And what the dreams are meant to do is bring us to a place that maybe we could not reach on our own. That's what real dreams do. Push you in a place where you're like, I just could not make it alone. This is what Cinderella, so we're going to get some Disney theology here about dreams. Now, it's not dreams about what you dream when you lay down at night on your pillow, but it's about the dream that you have for your life. This is what Cinderella says. Now, I told first service, and I'll tell you, I asked my wife if I could sing this, and she said, absolutely not. So I will read it with rhythm. A dream is a wish your heart makes when you're fast asleep. In dreams, you will lose your heartaches. Whatever you wish for, you keep. Have faith in your dreams, and someday your rainbow will come smiling through. No matter how your heart is grieving, if you keep on believing, the dream that you wish will come true. What a great fairy tale. That doesn't always happen, though, does it? Sure is fun to read, okay? This is what Rapunzel, does anybody know who Rapunzel is? Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let your hair down. She had like the most evil mom ever, right? Now, how do you know this, Pastor Matt? Because I have a 12-year-old daughter at home, and we've watched all these. This is what Rapunzel says. Like all you lovely folks, I have a dream. Nope, not impressed with that one either, okay? How about Olaf? Olaf, this is what Olaf says, you know, the snowman. Dreams, dreams. We all have dreams, amen? Yeah, some of you guys were like, do we amen Olaf? I don't know if that's a thing or not. (laughs) Okay, so let's turn to a little bit, maybe somebody who's a little bit more authority on the subject. How many of you guys want to hear from John Maxwell? Yeah, 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 let's hear from John Maxwell. So let's go ahead. So this is what John Maxwell says about a dream. He says, a dream is an inspiring picture of the future that energizes your mind, will, and emotions, empowering you to do everything necessary to achieve it. 
Dreams inspire us because they fill us with a sense of joyful possibility. They energize us when our hope that they can come true is rooted in reality. And they empower us by providing a clear picture of the future that we can work to realize. That's pretty good, isn't it? Pretty good. That's really what a dream is. A dream is to empower us, but it has to be rooted in reality. Now, here's the caveat. Here's the difficulty. As a Christian, we have dreams, but our dreams are rooted in Christ. Amen? The reality of Christ, the difficulty is, is I'm not always acting like Christ. So my reality is I looked at Christ and I say, I want to become that or do what he says to do, but sometimes that's not always true. How many of you guys have this symptom where your behavior doesn't always line up with your beliefs? Take the dagger out. It happens to us all. We're on our knees, tears coming from our eyes, crying to God and saying, I never want to be the same. I don't want to be like I used to be. And then we get back up into life and sometimes we act and speak and think like we used to be, huh? And it's even more difficult as you become closer to Christ. That's one of the things that I found out. Whenever you're a new Christian, there's a lot of grace, and there's usually some things you got to really work on that's kind of demonstrative. You know what I mean? But as you get more mature in Christ, and you kind of get a gate over your mouth, and you kind of maybe get a gate over some of your actions... Now you really understand what it means whenever I have to put on the helmet of salvation because, God, I need to protect my thoughts, the things that nobody knows about. Because I don't want to just not sin where nobody can see, God. I, I want to not sin in those deep, dark places that only you and I are at. So our dreams have to be rooted in that reality, which seem light years away, but the good news is it's not that far away because Jesus came close to us, amen? But that's the point of a dream. Is it something that gets us energized, man? Our feet hit the floor in the morning and we get up and say, I cannot wait to take on the day because I don't know what is in store for me, but I know that it's going to be good because it's from God. It's that dream that you wake up and every day you get a little bit closer and a little bit closer and a little bit closer. Yeah, you feel some resistance, you feel some uncomfort, uncomfortability and different things like that, but that doesn't matter. Your feet hit the floor and you keep striving to do the dream, amen? Now, the dreams have to come from a source, though. And they come from a source of a limitless God. Limited, limitless in power and love and resources, amen? So we look to that God and we say, we need your help. Now, we're all in the same boat as far as understanding big dreams, because that's really what we're talking about, that there's a God that wants us to have big dreams, but we understand the reality of salvation, and this is my question. Maybe you don't have this question, and that's fine, but this is my question at times in my life, especially when I just got saved. Is there more to this whole thing than just salvation? Is it really just a trip down the altar or a kneeling by a bed or, and you mean it and you invite Jesus Christ as Lord of your life and then that's it? Oh, no, no, there's much more than that, isn't there, folks? That Jesus died, that we could have victory here on earth. Uh, yeah, there's some stuff waiting on me from in heaven and I cannot wait till I get there. But I can walk in the power, the grace, the mercy, the victory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's what it's going to take to, to, to take on the big dreams and to walk out those big dreams. Some questions that we might all have. Have you guys ever asked yourself this question? Maybe when you were younger, and I know some of you guys are established now, but maybe when you were younger, can my life amount to anything? 
You guys ever ask that, ask that question to yourself? Have you ever asked this question to yourself? Will I ever be satisfied? How about this question? Is there more than what I see to this whole thing that's in front of me? And I know every red-blooded Christian has asked themselves this question. How do I leave a legacy? A legacy that is not only identified by moments, materials, and money, but a legacy that's passed down through the generations that's forever here to stay in Jesus Christ. We all have those questions. We all have those dreams, and I want to let you know that we recognize that not all dreams come true, and those are very difficult times. You guys have had dreams for loved ones and for yourselves, and things just did not line up and did not work out like you wanted it to. But I want to encourage you this morning, just because those things didn't line out, don't throw away the whole dream. Don't throw away the whole dream. Those things didn't work out like you wanted them to. Don't throw it out. Because remember, God will never waste. He will never waste your hurt. Many times those things that we go through are to get us prepared for that bigger part of the dream. So we have some things that don't really come into fruition and we're like, I don't know if I can continue. But God is saying, no, I'm, 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 I'm putting you in a position to make you stronger for what I have for you in the future. Now, that's easier said than done, amen? And we want you to know that, that we recognize that. We recognize that all dreams don't come true, that they're very difficult. But we do want you to also realize that God has a dream that he's implanted in your heart that it's okay to have that dream. In fact, that's my first point, is that what we must believe is that God wants his people to have big dreams. It's a thing that's incredibly hard to say yes to because we get into the battle of worthy world. How many of you guys have ever battled in worthy world? Worthy world is this, well, I'm just not worthy to have that. Well, none of us are. None of us are worthy to have Jesus Christ as a savior, amen? But he was gracious and good and full of love and gave it to us and gave himself for us. So we have to realize that God wants us to have big dreams. There's no way Jesus went through everything he went through so that one day we can just alone stand in heaven. That is part of it, but it's victory on the earth. Death, hell, and the grave, amen? That that spirit rises up within us and some of those things that set in our life that we dream about being free from. We dream about having a mind away from that. We dream about some of those things being disattached from our life and thrown away, that we could stand in the midst of that dream i want to tell you this morning it's possible amen it's possible and those big dreams are something that god wants us to have ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 and 16 so remember he said exceedingly abundantly above all i could ask or think according to the power that works within me but in chapter 1 he helps us understand what what gets them there ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 and 16 for this reason because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all saints, I do not cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers. Now, it's very important to understand what Paul is saying and, and who Paul is. So around here, we kind of refer to Paul as the Marine hit the beach. You know what I mean? Like he would preach so long, people would fall out of windows and die. Okay? He would tell people that would go on missionary journeys, if he didn't think they cut the mustard, he'd tell them to hit the road, Jack, and keep on preaching. I mean, he was just that type of guy. He would look at his young son in the faith. Uh, he'd look at his young son um, Timothy in the faith and tell him exactly what he needed to hear, not apologize for it one time. He'd say, "Timothy, you're getting timid, son. 
You need, you need to remember you traded in that spirit of fear for power, love, and self-control. So you go out there and you preach the word, son. He probably didn't say son so much, but you, you get the drift. So for him to be in this moment looking at them and saying, listen, for this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love towards all saints, I do not cease to give thanks to you. We see kind of a different side of Paul. Go with me. We kind of see a giddy side of Paul here. What makes Paul happy? Whenever he sees the faith of saints rise up, whenever he begins to see this faith that causes us to be to dream big, bigger than we can expect, big, bigger than we can know. It rises up within the saints, and he goes, listen, not only have I seen this faith in the love of other brothers, but I've also heard of this stuff. And he goes, listen, I want you to know I give thanks to God for that kind of faith. I want you to know I pray without ceasing for you because I love that kind of faith. I mean, that's some pretty stout words from Paul. And it's the same kind of faith that you and I need to understand that we can walk in because we have a big God who loves us so much who wants us to dream big dreams for our life, for our kids' life, for our community and our churches. Come on, somebody, amen? We want to latch in that. It's hard to receive that. It's hard to understand that. So let's take a moment and see the God that believes in us so much and if he's capable of it which we know he is. Tyler Stanton, in his book, Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools, begins to talk about space. And it's a book about prayer and helping you understand who you pray to, that God's bigger than all my problems, bigger than all my situations. And this is what he says. Our sun and moon and eight planets are just one little neighborhood among an estimated 200 billion neighborhoods that make up our universe. If we think of the Milky Way galaxy as being the size of the entire continent of North America, our solar system would fit into a coffee cup. The Voyager spacecrafts are cruising towards the edge of the solar system at a rate of 35,000 miles per hour. They've been doing that for more than 40 years and have traveled more than 11 billion miles with no end in sight. When NASA sends communications to one of those voyagers traveling at that, velocity, at that velocity, it takes about 17 hours to get there. The data has led scientists to estimate that to send a speed of light message to the edge of the universe, it would take more than 15 billion years to arrive. And this is the thing that we forget, although the scientists are smart, they still don't know because that's 15 billion years. So how big really is space? And if you think about our solar system being the size of a coffee cup in the, Milky, in the Milky Way galaxy, I want you to think about that. That this God that is so great that created all the heavens and the earth, pastor is gonna finish, or pastor is gonna continue the apologetic service tonight at 6 p.m. I encourage you to be here, started it last Sunday. And if we're Christians, we have to believe Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So everything that we see, God created, amen, and the heavens and the earth. So the same God that created the heavens and the earth is the same God that wants to get involved in your coffee cup. He's not afraid to get involved in your life and begin to hear some of the problems which he already knows and begin to express those things and say, God, this is some dreams that's really in my heart. This is some dreams that's really in my mind. These are some things that's been going on. Can you help me with it? And that's who we pray to, though. We don't pray to some, we don't pray just to a, a, a being, amen. We pray to the God of the universe that has created the heavens and the earth that wants to get involved in our everyday life. And we must realize one thing, that that God is big enough to create all the heavens and the earth, but small enough enough to get involved in our coffee cup and say how can I help you 
He cares about us so much and he's so full of love. So you might be sitting there thinking, am I worthy? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, if you're a saint, you are worthy. So we say, God, please get involved in my life. These dreams that you have for me, these dreams that I have for myself, I know that I want them. 1 Kings chapter 8 declares this, that the highest of heavens cannot contain you. Psalms 147.5, his understanding is beyond measure. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, he's delivered us from the domain of the darkness into the light. What could not be done outside of Jesus Christ taking us from the darkness to the light. Paul writes to, 1 Timothy in chap, or writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 16. And he says this, Who dwells in the unapproachable light, one whom no one has ever seen or can see, and that's the God that we serve. A God that is more incapable, a God that is limitless in all that he does. So whenever you think, can God possibly want to get involved in my dream? Can he help me? Can he plant a dream in my heart? I want to say yes, yes, yes. And don't have time for small dreams. Let's make them big dreams, amen? God, I'm dealing with you, which is a limitless God. So I bring my big dreams before you. And the first thing that I receive is that, God, you want to be right in the middle of my dream. And I would say this, if you're looking at your dream and thinking, man, there's no way that I can accomplish this without Christ. Congratulations, you're right where he wants you to be. You're right where he wants you to be. Now, this is the difficulty, so we understand that we're reaching to a God and saying, okay, come into my life, plant this big dream in my heart, or this big dream that I have, I need you to walk me through it. But to go along with that dream, we need something else. We need great wisdom, revelation, and knowledge. So here he's sitting with the church of Ephesus, and Paul is writing to them, and he's saying, not only do you have great faith, do you have that expectation of God doing something, you have that expectation of the great dream, but he says there's something you need. Chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you, may give you the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. What is he saying? We've got to have wisdom and knowledge that is not our own. We have to have revelation that is not our own. Check this out. This is super exciting. The dream that God has for you, the dream that it was implanted in your heart, you cannot reach it by your own wisdom, by your own knowledge, and by your own revelation. You have to have the Holy Spirit working inside of you to bring all those into fruition. He says, listen, you need your hearts enlightened. That means we need to see through the Spirit. We can't just see physically because God's gonna take us to some places and do some things that my senses won't always line up with. Anybody been there before? Where my understanding is just not trekking with me. I don't understand, God, I feel a little scared. I feel, I feel multiple things, but I know that I must not stop. That's the reason why we sit down and we say, God, I need a little bit of help. Two woodsmen are out in the woods, an older one and a younger one. They decide to have a contest of failing trees. Now, what that means is they're going to take an axe and hit the base of that tree, and failing a tree means just to drop a tree with an axe. It falls over. So the young man and the old man decide they're going to have a race. The young man gets up there, and he's swinging the axe all day long. Skips, skips breakfast, skips lunch, and just continues to hammer that, never taking a break. Boom, 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 all day long. At the end of it, he goes up to the older man, the older woodsman. His chest is all puffed out, and he said, I dropped 25 trees today. How many did you drop? That older woodsman looked at him and said, Today, son, in his gentle and kind voice, he said, I dropped 36. You can imagine that younger guy's shoulders now slumped. 
He goes, wait a second, I don't understand. I have more strength and energy than you do. He said, man, I pounded on trees all day long with my axe, all day long, night or time after time after time. How in the world did you drop that many more trees than I did? The older man looked at him, his gentle and kind voice, and said, man, and he said son, every hour I took a 10-minute break and I rested. And when I sat down and rested, I sharpened my axe. He said, I gathered myself and rested, and then I sharpened my axe. So when I went back to it, I could get the job done. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10, a little bit of wisdom from Solomon. Using a dull axe requires great strength. So sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. You're in the midst of your dream, and you think, man, all I got to do is pound it one more time. All I got to do is keep drudging it, keep drudging it. Man, keep shouting, keep doing the things I know to do, and I, you just work yourself to death because the dream is too big for you. Sometimes what we need to do is take a little advice from the old woodsman, find a stump to sit down on and say, now, God, what would you have me do? I'm going to sharpen my axe. In other words, I'm going to get a little bit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge that's not for myself. So I'm going to sit down and take a break and say, God, help me rest and plant into me what it's going to take to carry through this dream, to carry through this vision. Because this is the difficulty with every dream and every vision. There's thresholds that we have to pass. And thresholds aren't fun. One of the things they taught me in athletics, you have thresholds of pain. So you lift this many weights and you do that the best you can and there's a certain amount of pain that you carry, then you push past, past that. You go out and run, you do the same thing. It's the same in, in many sports. I was thinking about that even with musicians. It's the same thing. Whenever you're learning how to play guitar or play instruments, there's a certain amount of pain that you have to have on the end of your fingers to, to develop calluses till you can get to doing it over and over and over again. But there's those thresholds of pain that we must go through. The other day, I was running with Hope Academy. Krista allows me to run with their group, this cross-country group. I'm telling you, running with those youngsters, man, that's a lot of work. Those dudes are like trying to catch a gazelle sometimes, man. You're just back there, you know, and it's, it's pretty crazy. But I've been running with this young man named Andrew, and Lindsey Miller's been doing such a great job, and they've allowed me to run. So I've kind of partnered up with Andrew and we're running the other day, and I'm so proud of that young man. We lit out of the parking lot, and he ran 1.5 kilometers and did not stop until he passed that. I was so proud of him. If you've never run that, that's pretty difficult. Finally, he stops in the midst of what we're running, and we walk and run for a while. We walk and run for a while. We walk and run for a while. Finally, we're making almost our final lap, and I look at him. I said, Andrew, I said, this is what I want us to do. We're going to walk until, I, until that light pole up there. You see it? He said, yes. And I said, after that light pole, we're going to take off, and we're going to jog all the way to that stop sign. I said, young man, do you think we can do that? He said, yes, I think we can do that, Matt. So we got up to the light pole. Sure enough, we're running. We start jogging, and we're having a good time. All of a sudden, he begins to tell me about how his side is hurting because you get side stitches when you begin to push yourself. I was like, congratulations, man. I love it. Keep it up, Andrew. I love the pain, man. So we're running. He's talking about how it's switching to his right side. I said, just keep pushing through it. It's okay, young man. 
we're keep on running, keep on running. And I'm encouraging him as we run. I'm like, Andrew, remember, there's other people right now sitting down on the couch eating macaroni and cheese, but not you and me, buddy. We're trying to get better and make it happen. Let's keep going. I reach out and tap him on the shoulder. So let's just keep going. We got just a little while to go, a little while to go. Keep going, keep going. And finally, we made it up to the top of that hill and rounded that stop sign, and there was a celebration. But this was the thing. Andrew had never ran further or ran faster than he did that day but he had to push through some of those thresholds of pain that wasn't very much fun. I talked to him later that evening. He said, Matt, I'll tell you the truth. He said, I don't know how far we were away from the stop sign, but at one point I just closed my eyes and took off jogging because I didn't want to know how far I was away anymore. I just wanted to make it. Well, we can learn a lot from that because I want to tell you, in your dream, listen, sometimes you might have to close your eyes, but whatever you do, don't stop. Put one foot in front of another and keep getting after it. Because it's going to require those thresholds of pain. It's going to require those situations in our life that's not very pleasant. God doesn't really care about how comfortable we are. He wants to expand his kingdom. So sometimes we do have to step down on that stump and say, okay, God, give me that revelation. Give me that knowledge. Give me that inspiration that can only come from you. And when I do get to that threshold of pain, God, don't let me slow down. Don't let me stop. Let me be able to push through it to do what you've called me to do. But we can't do that in our own self. Sometimes it's just like Andrew. Maybe we need to find a couple of people around us that will pat us on the back and say, hey, good job. Let's keep going. There's still more to get done today. And then we look back in our situation. We say, you know what? I'm further faster today than I was yesterday, so we're going to go ahead and celebrate. But it's not easy. That's the reason why that revelation and that knowledge and that wisdom becomes so very important. Matter of fact, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, that's what Paul says, that we should be holy and blameless before him because there's an accident that can happen in the midst of our dream. There's something that can happen, and we need to ask ourselves two questions. That's the reason why we need the inspiration and the revelation and the wisdom because in the midst of building our dreams, in the midst of doing that, we must ask God, A, is what I'm doing to complete my dream honoring you? Because if we're not careful... Pain can kind of blind you, can't it? Difficulty can kind of blind you. Even success can kind of blind you. And what you can do is you can start cutting corners to get to the dream, and that's not what God has ordained for our life. But there's another question you must ask yourself. In the midst of your dream, are you still honoring God? Because, man, you guys know how it is. Man, once you reach something and it feels so good, we tend to kind of slack off and pull back, and we have to be careful because our priorities get out of whack. And in the midst of our dream that God placed in our heart, which was to honor him, now he's become number two priority or number three or number four. A little warning, Revelations chapter two, verse four. Here, we read in, Ephesians chapter 1, Paul edifying and admonishing and saying, your faith is amazing. I can tell what you're doing. I can see your love for Christ. Revelations chapter 2, verse 4, Ephesus is being reprimanded because they've lost their first love, which was Jesus Christ. So in the midst of the hustle and bustle of church growth, in the midst of loving Jesus and all the wonderful things that was happening in Ephesus, later on we find out that somehow Christ became the number two, number three, or number four priority. So we must constantly ask ourselves the question, God, you've put me in this dream, but God, as I am here, are you still the center focus? I love the dream, 
but I love the dream giver more. I love the gift, but I love the giver more. I love the blessing, but I love the blesser more. And I bring myself to that accountability. I bring myself to that responsibility and say, God, this is an amazing dream, but I want to make sure. Don't let the job get the better part of you. Don't let the marriage get the better part of you. Don't let the relationship get the better part of you. So we sit down on a stump. We sit down in a chair. We get down on our knees and say, God, spiritual revelation, please bring to me. Which really brings me to my last point. Because we understand that we have a God that wants to give us big dreams. We need that spiritual revelation and knowledge, but there's also something else. We need, to need, we need to make sure that we're committed and it requires a big hope. A hope that should bubble out of you. Now, this is gonna seem ridiculous to some, but guess, not, guess what? We're not like some. We're not like the world, are we? We're separated. We're different. And Paul is saying, listen, I see this faith in you that's so big, Ephesus, that it's bubbling out of you. I mean, people are telling me about it. I'm seeing it with my own eyes. And what had happened is you could say that they caught the hope and the vision of Jesus Christ, that he is who he says he is. I mean, they took him at face value, that if this is what you say to do, Christ, this is what I'm going to do. And you see that hope beginning to bubble out of them and be begin to, to, as they walk out their faith. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. That you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. Amen, there is a hope that he's called us to. Amen, brothers and sisters. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance? Now, of his glorious inheritance, where is it at? In the saints. It's not just on the other side of heaven. There's things that reserved up there, but right now I have an inheritance inside of me by the Holy Spirit. I can walk in victory and I don't have to walk in defeat. I can walk in excitement and not walk in depression. I can walk in peace and not anxiety. I don't have to wait till I get to heaven. I can plant my feet firmly on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and say, I know that inheritance is inside of me and it doesn't have to win. The things of the world doesn't have to win. You may have to quote that to yourself and let that bubble up. And he continues, and, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? What is pointed towards us? His immeasurable greatness. That is something that I want on my side. I was thinking about this. What I would not want is his immeasurable greatness pointed at me in a negative way. Man, I want it in a positive way. <laughs> I'm a child of God, so bring it on, man. Why would you say that, Pastor Matt? Because I'm in the midst of a dream that's bigger than me and I want to see it come into fruition. I'm in the midst, and you guys know I'm talking about, you're in the midst of a dream for your family and you don't necessarily understand how it's going to work out you need a little bit of help. So you need some more of that immeasurable greatness pointed at you. Come on, people, right? You, you got some visions and some goals for your children and you really don't see how it's going to come to pass unless God really begins to invade and take over. So you pray, you fast, you do the things you need to, but you say, God, I need you to point that immeasurable greatness at my children, at my grandchildren, at my community, at my church. What are we saying? God, I need you to point that immeasurable greatness that I don't understand into my coffee cup today. The coffee cup that I live in, God, I need you to fill it up with your greatness. Because what you're asking me to do with the big dreams is more than I can, ha I can handle. But what I do know is that you're a God who wants them to come to pass. What I do know is there's revelation and knowledge 
that can feed into my soul, that can help me accomplish what you've called me to. And what I do know is it's okay to have that hope. See, what makes hope so, so, so difficult at times, it's like we mentioned before, is we know that our hope is grounded in Jesus Christ. And sometimes the reality of the situation that we live in doesn't always match up with that, does it? But this is what we must remember, that the, the reality of Jesus Christ is realer than the reality that we live in. So I embrace it, and I say, God, my hope is in you. And I want to encourage you this morning. Don't do it half-heartedly. I was reading an article the other day about a gentleman who holds, who holds dangerous snakes. Any of you guys are dangerous snake catchers? Yeah, about the same amount in first service. Zero, right? Maybe two. Yeah, I'm not. That's the reason why I'm reading an article. I almost got freaked out reading an article, man. Not my thing. Be honest with you. But he was saying this, whenever I reach down to grab a dangerous snake, he says, I reach right behind its head so I can have full control of the snake. He said, this is the worst thing you can do with a dangerous snake. He said, if you reach half-heartedly and grab that snake in the middle of its body, before you can throw it down on the ground, it's going to reach around and bite you. Good news is I'm safe because I ain't picking one of those up no how. <laughs> but this is the thing. The dream that God's birthing in you, the dream that you're walking in, is way too precious to do it with half-hearted hope. All of my hope is in you, Lord. The dream, I know that you want me to have one, and you want me to walk in one. But God, your spirit, your revelation, your wisdom, but God, also check within me. If there's any half-heartedness or half-hope, God, come fill me. So does God want, to be, want you to have a greater marriage that you're dreaming for? Yes. Does he want you to have a greater job? Yes. Does he want you to have more influence? He wants you to have those things. But the gift is not greater than the gift giver. The gift is a platform that God's given me so that we all together can expand the kingdom of God. But I want you to, I want you to realize that yes, the marriage that you desire the dream that you have for your business. Those are big dreams, and God can help you walk those out. Don't get discouraged in those moments of thresholds. Don't get discouraged in those moments where it just feels like I cannot go any further. God, none of this stuff is working out like I thought it would be. Don't let go of the whole dream because a couple things got a little bit rocky. Maybe I sit down on the stump, find that place and say, God, give me your revelation because it is my great hope, because without you, none of these things happen anyhow. So God, point your immeasurable faith at me. And this coffee cup that I live in today, point it in there and fill this thing up. Would you bow with me? Father, we thank you for your wonderful grace and your wonderful mercy and your love. And in this moment, I'm looking at a wonderful congregation of dreamers have dreams in their heart father they have a dream that wakes them up that gets their blood pumping their feet hit the ground man and they know that they're destined for so much that relationship may not be working out right now at this moment but they have a dream of how it can work out and be great yeah, that marriage doesn't look necessarily like they want it to but they have that dream in their heart and in their life 
and education seems so far away, but they have that dream of one day walking across that stage, getting their diploma and going into the workforce and being what you've designed them to be. They have that dream of one day graduating from that vocational institute, earning their degree. They have that dream for that child, for that grandchild. They have that dream for themselves, God, that they can get loose from some things that has them easily entangled. Some things maybe that they know they should turn their eyes from or plug their ears. And their hope is in you. So this morning as we sit in our pews, God, I just ask for your grace and your mercy and your revelation. Father, for many of them know what they need to do, but what they need is that revelation of love that you want them to do it even worse than they want to do it because you love them so much. God, help us to not be like that younger woodsman, but use the wisdom of the older and sit down and say, God, what do I need to sharpen today? What wisdom am I missing? What knowledge am I missing? Would you stand up with me all over the congregation? We would love to pray with you this morning, and this is how we do it here. Here in a second, I'm gonna release some altar workers just to come down, and they're just here to pray with you. Maybe you have that dream, that vision, and you're in the midst of the fight, or maybe you need one birthed inside of you. It could be for a number of things. What we want to do is ask you to come from your seats and walk down the aisle. Maybe you just want to stand here in the middle and it's just your attempt to stand at the altar and say, God, you know my dream. Help me. Help me walk in the fullness of it. Maybe you do want to come up here and grab hands and link them with our altar workers and say, just pray with me. But one thing it will take is courage to move from your seats and to move down front. And this is a promise that we'll make you is that you come down here, we'll, make some, we'll ask some other people to get around you so you won't be alone. But it does take that first step. Would my altar workers come forward and find your spots up here? And as they come forward, I want to release you from your, from your seats right now. It's going to take courage. Maybe you need help with a marriage, maybe a relationship, maybe an education. Whatever it is, just come down. Father, we bow to you in this moment as people are being released from their seats to come down. It's going to take courage. But Father, we want to give the opportunity. They have dreams in their hearts. They have things that they want to see happen. Could I get some other prayer people just to come down and put your hand on a shoulder? We don't want anybody to be alone. Thank you, guys. Just come on down. Put your hand on a shoulder and just encourage and strengthen. Awesome. Isn't this beautiful, guys? This is so wonderful. You never know what's on somebody's heart. Now, if you're in your seats... Would you just stretch your hands out towards these guys? Maybe God is doing something in you, in your seat, and that's fine. I just want God to move. So, Father, we take a moment with our hearts being bowed. 
God, believing for what you're doing at the altar and in the seats. Father, that you have big dreams for us. God, that you've placed big dreams within our heart, God, for the so many facets of our life, God. And God, we put it in your hands and we just simply will not settle for anything less than what you desire. So Father, as they've walked towards the altar, as they're making that agreement, God, in their seat right now and visiting with you, God, I pray that that courage just well up with inside of them. Father, as they're looking for direction, that it would be clear as the sun rising and the sun setting. As they're looking for your hand in their life to move, God, that you go before them and open up doors. And Father, if some need to rest, God, that we'll rest. Sharpen what we need to sharpen. Let your revelation hit us in your wisdom. Father, thank you for what you're doing in the hearts and the minds of your people right now. God, we truly believe it. Father, thank you for what you're doing. We just pause a moment longer and say thank you, God. You're revealing yourself. You're giving knowledge. You're giving wisdom. You're giving guidance and direction, Father. Thank you for what you're doing in the seats with your people. They're coming unto commitments to you right now, Father. That dream is being reignited. That dream is being imparted. That dream, Father, that they're walking in, they're being encouraged. Thank you that you're a limitless God. You have limitless power and love and resources. And we just rest in you. Father, thank you for what you've done in the hearts and the minds of your people and the seats and the altars behind the screens. God, let us go out and continue to be the light that you've called us to be because it's you who live inside of us. Thank you for the dreams that are gonna come forth. Thank you for the community dreams, the church dreams, the family dreams, the individual dreams, God. Thank you for what you're doing. We love you and we ask you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone says, amen, amen. As they continue to pray, we want you to know you're dismissed. We love you. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.